investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and thank you for joining me for episode 14 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So as lockdown continues to roll on in uh, Melbourne particularly, but uh, now really across all of Victoria, the feeling generally in the marketplace is that the pent-up supply that's been building as long as well as the pent-up demand um, is really going to mean that when the market does open, the competition's going to be um, probably as strong, if not stronger than it's been so far this year. Um, and there's going to be a real urge, particularly from buyers, um, to get into the marketplace ASAP. So the FOMO is really going to continue to influence people's decisions. And what we tend to find when that urgency really does kick in is people start to gloss over things that are of quite significant note and things that should influence their decisions around properties, um, but they tend to miss them. So what I wanted to look at today was some red flags uh, that buyers really do need to watch out for. This doesn't necessarily mean that they're things that would make you walk away immediately from a property, um, but they are things that will require further investigation or should require further investigation if you're wanting to do your due diligence properly. Um, Some of them might seem quite obvious to some people, um, but when you're starting to look at, say, 8, 10, 12 properties a week, uh, things can start to really come together and, and you're hard to differentiate between one property and another. So... These are just a few things that I think um, are things to bear in mind when you are inspecting properties and make notes. And when you leave the home, um, uh, sort of summarizing what you've done for the day, things that might, if you really do like the property, require you to do a bit more digging. Now, this one seems quite obvious. The first up is um, a fresh coat of paint. And it can legitimately be just to lighten and brighten a place up to really make it shine and, and look really good. However, it can also be done to mask certain things. So, a coat of paint could be there to mask cracking. Now, cracks can be very minor. They can be superficial um, and really not have a, a direct impact on uh, the property itself. However, they can be quite significant um, and they can be a sign of structural problems. Uh, it could mean that the property requires some significant underpinning works and that can lead to a, a lot of cost uh, and a lot of ongoing problems. Um, painting can also be there to cover up rising damp. So. Perhaps the the, um, the rising damp's gotten to a point where it's been bubbling or paint's been peeling in certain areas of the house, um, and a and a sandback and, and a good coat of paint can really mask that, particularly to the naked eye. Um, you might have painting done in a bathroom, for instance, to cover up mould if there's a lack of ventilation from a, a, a poorly working exhaust fan or a lack of exhaust fan altogether, um, and that can um, can be done to to. To mask that as well and also leaks uh, in and around a dwelling that um, that perhaps have been going on for a fair while they may have been repaired they may not um, but the paint can certainly mask that as well so as I said it's not always a sign that there's um, something significantly wrong but just to be aware that painting's not always just to make a property uh, look better um, most of the things in that painting section but also throughout what we'll discuss today Uh, A good quality building inspection will bring a lot of these things to light. We're not just looking at the structural integrity of a property though, there'll be other things as well that that need to be investigated, but a building inspection can bring a lot of these things to light um, and help you to understand what may need to be done if you are to pursue a property and successfully purchase it. 
Um, the next one that I wanted to, to look at, and it's it's probably one that's not necessarily as obvious, it's for a specific type of property too. It's more for period style homes. Many period homes are, um, are built quite low to the ground and it's quite often a, um, a point that gets raised in the building inspections that we do, that we have done. Um, being so low to the ground, it can mean that uh, it prevents ventilation under the house and that can cause damp issues under the dwelling, to, particularly to the stumps and the joist bearers, that sort of thing as well. And it really is a common prop problem for this type of home. Um, but what can make it a lot worse is when the ground level outside the dwelling starts to get built up. And that can happen as a result of um, garden beds being built up, uh, pathways being um, constructed or uh, and raised a little, and, and timber decks and things being built around the side of the house as well. And that reduces the, uh, the airflow and the ability for um, ventilation to get under the house to keep things nice and dry. Um, and one of the real problems that we see quite regularly is, is concrete paving or tiles, that sort of thing that are, that are built around, particularly, um, say, single-fronted cottages and terraces, which we obviously have a lot to do with. Um, and if that ground is built up to a point where it actually sits higher than the floor level of the dwelling itself, then you'll find that there's quite often ventilation points put into the paving. But what it does is because that, that ventilation point sits higher than the floor, um, and up at the ground level is that it creates almost a drain or a plug hole. And so when it rains, the water's got nowhere to go but down under into those ventilation points, which just feeds it under the dwelling. Um, and that can uh, just cause some significant issues with the uh, the joists, the bearers, particularly the stumps. And if the water doesn't have anywhere to go, it just starts to pull. And then that moisture can lead to real significant problems with the house. So it's something to just bear in mind, particularly with uh, period homes and uh, when you're doing your inspection. Another one that's not always as obvious to people, um, depends on the uh, the quality of your smelling ability, but is a, a real musty smell when you walk in, again, particularly to period homes. Um, now, this can be, again, masked by, um, by agents with uh, incense, burning incense, candles, that sort of thing. And certainly if you walk into a, a home and there seems to be multiple candles in every room burning, then it, it typically can be a sign that they are trying to, uh, to cover up a, a musty smell. And usually what a musty smell means is that there's probably ventilation or moisture issues with that property as well. Now, sometimes it can just be that the house is shut up for a long period of time and it's not getting a lot of airflow and that can be the problem. Um, but it can also be that there's some significant problems. And obviously moisture, rising damp, that sort of thing, which is quite often what a, a musty smell is leading to, um, can cause some fairly significant problems with um, the cladding, whether that be the plaster or if it's quite often moisture in a double brick home is rising damp and then the uh, the plaster and things will be uh, starting to deteriorate um, and that can lead to mould and those sorts of problems as well and then it can flow on to structural issues as well. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things that that could be and again, it may be nothing but it just needs further investigation before it's um, uh, something that you would necessarily pursue from an investigator from a purchasing point of view the next one i wanted to look at was um fairly specific to terrace houses they obviously make fantastic uh, investments and homes for people um, and there's some fantastic renovations that have been done to this type of house over the years the problem with some of the renovations and the one that we see as a bit of an issue on a regular basis um, is around uh, the flooring of these properties so they are, as I've said earlier, built fairly low to the ground and ventilation can quite regularly be a bit of an issue. So it's something that we're always mindful of. But the problem is when 
people pull up the floors and decide that they want to put a concrete slab from front to back or at least in the front uh, couple of rooms in the hallway. Because of the ventilation issues that they are and because of the way that they were constructed, um, the brickwork relies on uh, as much ventilation as possible, which is obviously always limited. But if you put a tip of concrete slab through there, they weren't constructed to have a concrete slab from front to back. And that can lead to some really serious moisture issues um, in that brickwork, it can cause a lot of uh, rising damp problems, uh, which then leads to structural issues and the mortar, the integrity of the, the brickwork that's been built in many cases for these terrace houses over 100 years ago, um, can really start to become a problem. So a concrete slab when you walk in the front door, unless it's a brand new construction and, and almost the, um, the bulk of the house has been rebuilt, um, then that's always a warning sign. And, and typically when we've had building inspections done on that type of property in the past, it's always been a red flag to the inspector and they're never really overly comfortable with a slab from front to back in that type of property. So something, something to be mindful of. Again, not always a case of don't pursue it at, at any cost, but it's something that definitely requires further investigation for that, uh, that type of construction or renovation. The next one is a, um, a spate of sales in, a, in the block. So whether that's an apartment or a group of units, townhouses, that type of thing. But it certainly will require you to do a bit more research and perhaps make a few phone calls to owners, corporations uh, and see what you can find out. Um, it can be a sign that you might have a difficult resident in the building, um, whether that's an owner, whether it's a tenant. Um, it might be someone that's making it difficult to do work to a property. Um, but there's something that needs further investigation there. There could well be uh, a large expense coming up, uh, whether that's a large outlay as part of the owner's corporation that perhaps a number of owners uh, are not prepared to contribute to or don't have the capacity to contribute to uh, and therefore need to sell. Or it could be a fact that there's a lack of preparedness to do work. So some of the people might be selling because they would want they do want to do work to a property to really improve the presentation of the overall development however there's a, a number of people in there who are digging their heels in not prepared to do it so again further investment investigation is required it could actually end up turning out that it could be an opportunity um, an opportunity to get in at the ground floor before works are done pay your contribution to them and if the works are um are going to benefit the property, there could be a significant uplift in value. So again, not always a reason to walk away, just a reason to uh, to look into things further. The next one that I've got is um, new or altered floors, um, again, within a building. Now, it's most common and easily recognized in a property that's got timber floors, particularly in period homes where there might be sections of the floor that have been changed or altered. Um, so it might be that there's sections of particle board or there might be a different type of flooring that's been put into the property. Um, and why has that been the case is should be the question that you're asking. So some of the, the causes might be that there's damp issues under the floor uh, and they've needed to, to gain access underneath it. There may have been a leak, a pipe might have cracked, something along those lines, and they've needed to gain access. Damage has been done to the floor so it can't be put back down and they've had to put a different type in. Um, there could be pest issues. It could be borer damage that's gotten too far. It could be termites that have, um, that have caused uh, a lot of grief. So that could be a significant problem. Um, or it might be as simple as the fact that there's been renovation works done and walls have been taken out. And to replace those the floors underneath those walls, they couldn't match the timber, so they've looked at alternates. So again, not always... Um, a drastic 
negative, um, but just again, something that needs to be looked into a bit more. What's caused it and why has it been done? Um, the next one is again, back to owners corporations and the le level of activity within an owner's corporation. And this is something that can be looked into by reviewing the contract of sale. This should be done with any property purchase. You should be having someone or having a flick through the contract yourself, but certainly having a conveyance or a solicitor look over it on your behalf. Um, and one of the key things to look at is to is particularly when buying an apartment unit townhouse is the um, minutes from the latest owners corporation AGM, which will be in the section 32 part of the contract. Um, and you can look for things in there, particularly around if you're looking at a block that you feel might be a little bit tired or shabby. Um, have a look in there and see if there's any works planned. Uh, are they looking to do something? Are they looking to paint window frames or replace carpets in stairwells or pick, fix up the garden a little bit? Is there anything planned? But on the, the reverse of that too, you could look at a, at, um, at a block that is almost overdone in terms of the work that's being done and, and having a very high owner's corporation fee. And that potentially is being driven by an owner-occupier within the building who really has certain... Uh, tastes themselves and things that they like and they continue to have all of the other owners contribute to certain things that are not necessarily increasing the value of the property but make their livability and their enjoyment there um, far better and so that can restrict the potential growth because if potential buyers come in and look at it and say well why is this relatively large 12 14 um, apartment block uh, paying owner's corporation fees of four or $5,000 when there's no pool, lift or gym here, what's the money being spent on? And why am I spending that level of money on a fairly low maintenance block? So it can be both positive and negative, but doing that level of investigation into the owner's corporation is really important as well. The final one I wanted to have a look at um, is surrounding uses. So sometimes when people fall in love with a home, they tend to focus wholly and solely on that house itself. So, oh, we love the, the layout of the property. We love the, the style of the kitchen. The bathrooms are fantastic. Look at all the space that this home offers. The backyard's great. And they tend to forget to look at some of the surrounding development or even particularly the adjoining uses of the property. Um, and that can have a real impact on um, the desirability of that home itself. So, Perhaps there's some commercial uses very close by, or if you're very close to say a school, how could that impact on the livability of that property that once you actually get in there, it's not just about the house itself. So could it lead to traffic congestion, particularly say around schools coming and going um, and noise at certain times of the day can be a problem. Um, from a commercial perspective, uh, there could be significant noise or smells coming from uh, that property, which again may make it uh, less desirable to use outdoor spaces, those sorts of things as well. Uh, or it could lead to parking congestion um, from the commercial point of view, but also around school time, school pickup, it can be quite congested and parking can be quite difficult. So they're just things to, to bear in mind and not just focus on the house, but what else is happening around the, the property that you're looking at as well. So the story for this week, it's a little bit harder when um, with something like this because it, this is, these sorts of points that I've just mentioned are things that we're seeing on a daily basis with the inspections that we're looking at. So um, I could give you thousands and thousands of these sorts of things, but it's not necessarily, I guess, as 
um, relevant or as interesting. So the one thing that I did want to bring up is that there's a, there is a property that we see from time to time. There's a, a block of six apartments in the um, southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, uh, this specific block that we see come up from time to time. There, It's a really attractive Art Deco development. Uh, the apartments are a really good size. They've all got off-street parking. It presents really, really well. The issue is with it is that every time um, the two ground floor apartments in this block come up for sale, there's always new flooring in this block. Um, and that's because there's damp issues under the floor. Now, you wouldn't know that looking at it the first time um, because it does present really, really well. The, and the apartment itself always looks good because it's had to have renovations and upgrading works done around the flooring. So it does always look really good, or the two ground floor ones. But those ongoing moisture problems mean that the floors are constantly needing to be replaced or repaired because they um, they rot and, they, and it causes causes damage. And, and you're never going to know that if you haven't um, covered the market uh, to the extent that, say, we do um, on a regular basis for, for over 25 years. And and that's a, it sort of comes into play too with the point I made earlier about owners' corporations um, and monitoring to see whether or not there actually are works being carried out. There's, there's a number of blocks around Melbourne that we see that um, I've been I've been working with the company now for over uh, 11 years, and um, they look the same as they did back then. And, and Richard Wakeland tells me that they look the same as um, they did when when he started um, buying property through uh, through the business back in the mid 90s. So you see that, and you see that nothing's being done, and so you see that it's an inactive owners corporation and something that should be avoided. Um, so doing your homework and your due, due diligence around those sorts of things is really important as well. So that's it for episode 14 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always, please feel free to share the podcast with family and friends. We're getting some great numbers and uh, great interaction, which is really, really good. And if you would like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au. And we wish you all the best with your property decisions.